guys. Welcome back to another episode of Spill the Tea. I'm here with Ralph, Sai, and Megan. And I'm Elin. Hello. <laughs> and we're talking about the pressure to overachieve, especially growing up in homes of either immigrant families or just just talking about how our family's upbringing really affects our pressure on ourselves and how we have this need to to constantly achieve something and mm-hmm. i feel like it comes from a place where it's almost like our parents are almost living vicariously through you i don't know if you know what i mean yeah for sure but it's like it's like all the things that they couldn't have they want their children to have and especially for me coming from an immigrant family a refugee family especially as well it's kind of like they escaped their country literally with that goal in mind of providing and giving you everything that they didn't have so i know for a fact like that is really important and and kind of like the up my upbringing especially so how was it like for you guys um i mean i kind of have a similar background as well my mom was also a refugee um she left vietnam when she was about 13 years old i think so i think a lot of what i do i keep her in the back of my mind because i sometimes feel a little bit of guilt thinking that like if my life is hard i'm like how hard can my life be compared to someone that flees their country and their family with nothing but the clothes on their backs Mm -hmm. and their experience how hard can my life really be and kind of negate my own struggles in comparison to that and I think just everything that I've done thus far has kind of been just to make my mom proud Mm -hmm. and like make it seem like what she's done was worth something in a way yeah that's that's pretty much my experience I feel like it like kind of like you were saying it's like the pressure to make your family proud um because like my mom's whole side of the family um she like didn't go to call like they didn't go to college they didn't have like either the funds or like the ambition or just it just wasn't ever like an option so like I feel like there's always been a lot of pressure on me like oh like you have to be the first you're gonna be the first to graduate like mm-hmm. it's just like the pressure to do good like it should number one like everything should be like for yourself but like with that pressure of like your family you want to make them like proud of who you are and then there's a pressure to like be successful Mm -hmm. and like do something with your life yeah but I mean it's not like a completely bad thing but it's definitely like you want to like overachieve and that can kind of tie into like I don't know burnout or like things like that yeah, sure. it, it definitely, like, it can be a good thing, but it can also be, like, a bad thing where it gets too much, right? Because sometimes it feels like you have the whole pressure, the weight of, like, your entire family on you. Yeah, because, exactly. Because, you, you know, like, you're carrying that whole burden, and that feels like a lot and sometimes too much. And yeah. It might, like, influence your decisions, like, um, what, like, what direction you go in your life because maybe I don't know like say for example someone's interest is like art or like the more creative side Mm -hmm. but like they want to make their family proud or like their family comes from like doctors or something like you don't I feel like people are persuaded a lot by like their parents and what they feel like their family would want for them versus like what they're actually interested in pursuing that's totally what I did like when I 
first started college, what I thought I wanted to do wasn't really what I wanted. It was just the perception that this is what I should be doing, what I should be interested in, what will make me the most money, what will make my parents the most proud. Instead of prioritizing what makes me happy, what I'm interested in, that was literally not even in the question at that point. And I think I like convinced myself that I was interested in these things or I, I really wanted these things. But I think in the end, it kind of showed itself to, you know, not be that way. And I realized that I, even though there is that guilt of wanting to please your parents, it is still your life. And I don't know, you didn't choose the way you were born or who you were born to and just to make the most of it. Because I don't know, no one's going to live your life for you. Mm-hmm. True. And most of the time, our our families and and our parents are coming from a good place, right? Mm-hmm. They're coming from a place of care and love. And sometimes they put a lot of that expectations that they have on themselves for you. But sometimes it can it can get a little too much, right? Because it it almost feels like you don't have space for your own wants and needs yeah sometimes because you're so focused on trying to please or make your your parents proud and make your family proud that you get used to doing that doing things for them that it's hard to rewind and like take a moment to think about like hey what is it that you want to do though yeah like is this what you really want to do I think it also comes from a place of a little bit of miscommunication because a lot of times parents are coming from a good place. They just can't express it maybe in the best way. And something that I've really learned after, you know, growing up and looking at things objectively is maybe they just weren't meeting my love languages correctly or we just weren't meshing in the same ways. Like, I don't know, my mom isn't a very like physically affectionate person. She's not very good at I don't know, words of affirmation, that kind of thing, and I feel like that's important for me to feel validated. But they do show their love and affection in other ways. Like, I don't know, it's kind of a common thing with Asian families. But my mom loves to, like, cut up fruits and bring it to me while I'm studying or offer to do my laundry for me because she knows I have a lot on my plate. Things like that is how they express their support and Mm -hmm. love. And I used to really resent that and think, oh, why aren't they giving me this, this, and this? But then older me is like, oh they're giving you as like what they know pretty mm-hmm. much as and best as they can. yeah and especially since my mom was a refugee and she left literally at 13 years old like she didn't get the same experiences as I did and I don't know if they're able to express what my wants are based on the fact that they weren't able to receive that from their parents mm-hmm. so they don't really have the same idea of what love is mm-hmm. you know because yeah very very different generation food it's same for my food family. Is a love mm-hmm. language. Yeah, food itself is a love language. And especially in Asian mm-hmm. cultures, I feel like, because it's a huge part of their culture. Like, just like waking up, cooking, making meals together, having meals together. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, growing up, my parents always had us uh, eat meals together. And I... Like growing up and kind of looking back at it now, I could see why it was so important because I visited Cambodia and how they had meals together and what their like daily life looked like was surrounded by the food culture. Like Mm -hmm. that was such an 
integral part of the culture itself was the food and the meals, the food vendors having breakfast together. Um, so that was like a huge thing that was always integrated into our family life was just having meals together. For sure. I feel like yeah. in a lot of cultures, it's like almost like rude or disrespectful to like deny food versus like here in America, like it's not really a big deal if you're like, oh, I'm not hungry. <laughs> versus like, I don't know, like um, if my mom's asking me like if I want to try something she made, like I'm never going to say no. Like, oh, I yeah, <laughs> I know. And I don't think I realized until I was older, like I'd be like, oh, mom, I don't want to eat this. I don't eat yeah. that. But then let's say I'm cooking something and everyone's like, oh, I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat that. True. Like, I don't I like that. I'm like, I'm like a little bit offended. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you don't want to eat my food? Like, yeah. that's a little that's a little rude. Because you put all that time. Yeah, and energy. you put the love into there yeah. and. You take it personal. Yeah, you See, take it a little personally. I find that funny because a lot of, it's also part of Asian culture that you're not supposed to take the last one. And I always disagreed with that because it was like, well, you guys are telling me I should be oh, enjoying yeah, this food mm-hmm. and you worked so hard for this, but I shouldn't take the last one. It's like, if I like it, I'm going to take the last one. So that's, that's why I, it's kind of interesting. Like nobody takes the last one. I never understood like why that's rude, but I feel like it's just so like, It's ingrained know. in us. Yeah, it's, gr- it's ingrained. ingrained to not take the last thing. I take the last one. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> that's like, I, I that's probably something that's stuck with me the most that's from good. you, Ralph. Like every time I think of that or see the last piece of something, I'm like, well, Ralph would want me to eat this. Yes, yeah, I, I do. I want <laughs> to have it. Like, you yeah. told us that before. Yeah. So here's, I, I love that you guys are so compassionate about this because I, I tend to go the other route, right? Well, like I, I understand the compassion and like the care and stuff that you guys bring on this, which is really great. Me, I'm like, man, the, the, pressure that we get from our parents is absolute bs like if if your parents expect you to go to college they should be the ones paying for it i know somebody in our team whose parents expect them to go to college they're making them pay for it mm. it's like why the hell are you going to college if your parents aren't paying for it like, i know so many to. people yeah. like that yeah, yeah i have to pay for so all many my people. college yeah so it's like but. if your parents want you to go to college great as long as they're paying for it go to mm-hmm. college four years or you know even even post grad like go yeah. um <clears throat> oh sorry cycle i feel like like with my kids i feel like i would pay for their college but i would make sure like i also at the same time don't want my kids to feel like things are like handed to them like mm-hmm. they have to be having a job they have to be like self-sufficient like doing their own thing they can't just be sitting around and only I know it's important to focus on school, but, like, I feel like it's also important to learn how to, like, juggle different things. For sure. And, like, you need to, like, I know people our age that, like, have never had a job. It's crazy, And right? don't work. And I'm, like. That's insane to me. That is going to, like, when you don't have mom or dad to hold your hand, like, that's going to, it's going to really suck for you. Period. No, I totally feel that because my dad does pay for my college and he's paid for it all four years of college. But at the same time. I've gone to school full time. I've worked pretty much full time mm-hmm. the entire time. And it's a lot to juggle sometimes, but at the same time I can't even complain because I don't want to rely on my parents for those things. I don't want to ask them for like extra things and I like being able to support myself and like feel independent in that way even if they are paying for my college. And kind of like what you said, Ralph, like they they did want me to go to college and thus they are paying for my college, so I do feel better about that. But I think it also comes down to if that's the path that you want to go down, mm-hmm. even if your parents are offering to pay for your college, 
that's one thing and you don't want to go but if they want you to go and you don't want to go and they're not going to pay for you to go then i feel like that's a completely different ballpark because yep. yep. what's the well, point they, at that if point they want you to go and you don't want to go it's going to be the best four years vacation of your life yeah like <laughs> go have fun go make friends go make connections mm-hmm. because part half of college is that networking right like yeah. half of college is networking half of it is reading stuff doing like learning like honestly like go enjoy college have fun make new friends get new experiences and here's the thing too like about the whole asian culture like when parents kind of expect things of you i think it's absolutely toxic because like they and this is a lot i know this is a lot of asian culture it's it's they they want to have the nicest things Mm-hmm. because they want to show it off look how good my son is look how good my daughter is look at the nice car yeah. that we have look at the nice house we have yeah i think it's absolute bs because now it's like it's teaching us this is where we get screwed and this is where it's really important for us to like realize this it's teaching us that we need the validation of other people to feel yeah, good about 100%. ourselves and that is i i call bs on that because it's like you know this is why so many people are depressed so sad like they have so much self-doubt especially in the asian like culture because like man like how many times have you felt like you're not good enough mm-hmm. and i'm kind of rebellious and like when my parents said it's either this or that i'm like f you i'm done <laughs> i bounced out when i was 17 and have been doing my own thing but like not everybody has the self-awareness to be able to do that yeah and i wish more more people would be able to realize the the fact that you know our parents putting their expectations their you know need for validation from other people um above us as individuals like i think i think a lot of asian parents and i know they do this out of love it's always out of love mm-hmm. um misplaced yes but it's always love um they they want us to do well because they want to be able to say look at look at my daughter look at my son yeah to everybody else instead of just like yeah, letting definitely. you know hey i'm really proud of you good job mm-hmm. like that's what i was saying as well like they their love languages don't correspond to ours and it's it's just because of their upbringing and it's also like a cycle that doesn't end because their parents are probably doing the same things to them that they need to achieve all this and that and so they're trained to think oh my kids need to be doing the same things but from my perspective I wouldn't want to put that on my children Mm because I want them to know that they're appreciated and that I'm proud of them no matter what they do and as long as they're happy you know that's fine yeah because growing up a lot of like the pressures that your family and your parents put on you you take that as your own self-worth yep. right yeah. mm-hmm. for and, sure and it, th- that's why it impacts like people's self-esteems and self-worth so much and not feeling good enough is because they attach that to what their parents are expecting out of them yeah. right and if you're mm-hmm. not meeting that and if you're like disappointing your parents it's like well what do i do now because mm-hmm. these are the most important people in your life at the moment right for most yeah. for kids right growing up those are the two like main people in your life that that's your whole world mm-hmm. so if you're disappointing your whole world what do you have left especially like in today's day and age where there's already so much pressure from like society mm-hmm. And, like, you struggle with, like, self-worth because of, like, just, like, social trends and, like, people that are, like, friends that are mean or, like, just, like, anything. And then you go home and then you're a disappointment at home, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, like, where do you, like, you have to, if you're not, like, 
invested and confident in yourself or like secure with yourself like that's like really gonna suck Mm -hmm. if there's no one to like believe in you or yeah and it teaches you to hyper focus on the things you're not good at because i remember when i was a kid okay we moved from the philippines when i was like seven or eight and english was my second language so i had a thick filipino accent Mm -hmm. and i hardly could speak any english i got a d in english Mm. in, in grade school and i got my butt whooped and it's like, yeah. I don't know the language. So now I, yeah. I like super focus on getting better at English, but I was naturally better at math and science. But yeah, instead of focusing true. on what I was good at, they made me focus on the things that I sucked at. And yeah. even now, my English isn't that great. Like <laughs> nouns, <laughs> pronouns, adjectives. I don't uh, know. <laughs> I, it's pretty good to Yeah, me. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> oh, you're so nice. Thanks. I, I, I kind of feel you on that because um, growing up, if my parents would get on me if... I got an A minus. Mm-hmm. So if I got Same an thing. A minus, if it wasn't an A or A plus, it was like, why did you get an A minus? Like, that's not okay. And that teaches you, I think, like you internalize, you internalize it and you think that, okay, I am not good enough. Even though I'm doing good, it mm-hmm. is not good enough. For sure. So mm-hmm. it's, it like trains you to feel like you're never going to be good enough, even though you are doing great. Oh, seriously. You're doing great. You're, you're getting good grades you're checking off all the boxes in life whatever but then you're in the back of your head at the back of your mind it's still like oh it's not good enough it's not good enough there's always more (laughs) seriously even when I would get A's if it was like a lower end of the scale A just barely (laughs) enough for an A that was an issue yeah like why is it not a high A Mm -hmm. why is it not a hundred percent why is it 93 percent? you got an yeah. a why is this and why is this not an a plus yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and then seriously like, on top of that the school system is already kind of like it just sucks because you can do good on 10 assignments and then you do bad on one assignment and then it brings you down to that low oh yeah end. you're screwed mm-hmm. so it's like okay you mess up on one little thing and then your grade tanks and then you do five perfect things and goes up a percent or two that's like college in a nutshell yeah, yeah it's right really there. hard like it just and then it teaches crazy. you that it's not okay to make a mistake because yeah. you get in trouble for it yeah right so then it it just creates it all has this deeper whole meaning yeah it yeah. creates this whole loop of like negative feedback it's just one of my best teachers was my physics teacher in high school um he never gave us an answer whenever we asked a question he'd always ask it answer with a question where can you find that oh okay <laughs> go look for it um at the end of the year he's like i'm not giving you a grade you need to figure out what grade you earned mm. and then write why you you deserve that grade hmm. and a lot of us like i know me personally is like i had to really reflect on how did i perform <laughs> like be honest with yourself yeah, I had to be honest with myself and I, I know a lot of people were like yes i'm giving myself yeah. an a and give whatever bs reason they gave themselves an a for but like when you really like took it seriously you you had to be really honest with yourself and that was really cool because that experience just like opened my eyes to like okay this is where i didn't do so well this is where i did well on if i was going to give myself a letter grade what would it be mm-hmm. and it was it was a great experience it's like it really taught that kind of like honesty to to self mm-hmm. which is huge yeah that actually happened to me this quarter nice um for one of my classes i think that she was probably one of the best professors i've, I've ever had and this was like a critical practice like english class but 
it turned into more of like a sociology kind of like humanistic type of class. And she really put an emphasis on like low, she calls it low stakesifying yourself and your assignments and your writing and not worrying that other people are looking over your shoulder and judging what you're doing, Mm -hmm. but rather doing things for yourself. And at the end of the class, we did the same thing. Like we did a self-assessment, told her what grade we thought we deserved. And that's what she was going to give us just based on, you know, honor code. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it teaches you how to be more Mm self-aware and it really teaches you how to honor yourself because you're thinking about, okay, what is it that I am really doing? And you get to think about all the different factors that you're thinking about or influencing your decisions or the work that you're doing. So it really teaches you a whole lot about yourself, which allows you to make better decisions for yourself too. Mm -hmm. I, I really loved her like low stakes mindset because once I lowered the stakes for myself and didn't equivalent anything to like a letter grade or a score, I felt like I was more passionate to do these things and like I could be myself more freely in my assignments and I think that showed in my work. And I think it's kind of the same thing. Like anything that you feel is like a chore or you have no motivation to do, low stakesify it. Going to the gym shouldn't be a chore just go for fun just think of it as something fun show up for 10 minutes even Mm -hmm. like just really lower the stakes on that and don't put as much pressure on yourself and eventually you'll start to enjoy it Mm -hmm. when you start to not resent doing something you know like that all about perspective yeah it is like literally everything Mm -hmm. not everything is serious all the time and then i know we talked about like how we receive all this pressure from like our families, our parents and things like that. But that's not to say that that's where you should be putting blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no. It's not about pointing the finger at anyone or anything. It's more about accepting where these thoughts are coming mm-hmm. from, where these pressures are coming from, and then making the decision on what you want to do moving forward, knowing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I really had to learn that and learn empathy as I've gotten older and just really looking back at, why why were they doing these things Mm -hmm. what place were they coming from and yes like do I want to hold resentment towards that or can I learn from that and not maybe not repeat these mistakes for my own kids or you know go a little easier on myself so yeah because you know it's a learning process comes from love yeah of course it's just how they express it is it's how they know to express it yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah not holding them at fault but holding ourselves like accountable and accountable doesn't mean we hold ourselves at fault to that either. Mm-hmm. It's that we give ourselves the power to change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the most important thing I think is we have the power to change and adapt um, to, to what we come to know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 